0: Yesterday we talked about uh, who should the Penguins' number one goalie be. I think Jari's earned that. His goals against is better than Murray's. His save percentage is better than Murray's. In fact, both those figures for Tristan Jari, are among the NHL's leaders. Now, uh, there are some numbers that do favor Murray. For example, since January 1st, Murray's numbers have improved. His goals again since the new year is 2.65. Jari's is 2.84. Murray's safe percentage is .908. Jari's is just a bit behind at .907. Murray's known for coming on strong late in the season, for example, last year. His save percentage in March and April was .930, which is excellent. And obviously, you got to consider what Murray did in the playoffs in years past. He won cups in 16 and 17, but he won so good in 18 and 19. In fact, his goals against last year, when the Penguins got swept by the Islanders, was 3.08, and that's not very good. Conversely, Jari has never even played An NHL playoff game. Then again, neither had Murray in 2016 when he came off the bench, checked practically from the minors with Flurry Hurt and led the Penguins to a Stanley Cup. Flurry had the playoff experience then. He'd won a cup in 09, but he got like one token start. Well, not token. They tried to have him rally the team when he started a game in the Eastern Conference Finals against Tampa, but he lost and then it was back to Murray. Then in 17, Murray got injured, Flurry got hot, but when Murray healed, he went back in. Now, Mike Sullivan and his staff appear to have no blueprint when it comes to managing the goaltending, and that's not a criticism. Their instincts have served the Penguins well. So, my question about who starts the playoffs is what criteria is being used now? When will the decision be made, and how long of a leash will be afforded the starter? You've got to pick the starter at least a couple weeks out. Because whoever it is needs to play several games in a row prior to the first round to get that groove. The least question, that's tricky. An ineffective starter can't be allowed to sabotage his team's chances for too long, but it's not wise to keep jerking goalies in and out either. As for what criteria will be used, I really have no idea. I got footnotes for my footnotes. I'll get to them in a second. Captain Emo brought to you by 84 Lumber, helping you build the right way Since 1956. And by the way, just a little disclaimer about that kid in Vermont, who was injured in an accident. They let him score. The other team let him score the first basket of the game on senior night. The kid had never played in college basketball before because, even though he's highly recruited, like I said, uh, he got hurt very badly in that car wreck. Hey, Vermont and the other team, they can do whatever they want. It's up to them. Uh, I would have been all for recognizing the kid on senior night as kind of a nod to what might have been, what could have been, maybe even what, what should have been. But I don't have to like it. I can respect the kid. I can feel bad about what happened. And like I said, if Vermont and the other team want to rig it, that's up to them. But they turned it into wrestling. They took a legitimate sporting event and even for a second made it a predetermined entertainment spectacle. Now, I don't even know who won. I assume the game wasn't decided by those two points. But this is what sports has come to, and indeed our coverage of sports especially. It's not about who wins or loses. It's not about who's good or bad. It's about the fat kid who gets to shoot a three-pointer and the kid who was hurt badly that got to finally score a basket. We put all that on... ESPN and TMZ and the local news and online, and it's everywhere. And you can do it, and you can justify it, and if you like it, that's fine. I do not. And never have. Never have. 412-333-9939. Here's one reason to start Murray that's kind of off the wall. But... If you made Jari the starting goalie in Game 1 and he struggled and you had to use Murray, you know, later in the series, Murray would be less likely to sparkle than if the situation were reversed. Because if Jari's the backup for Game 1, he'd stay focused. Murray might not. He'd be discouraged. That's an odd argument in favor of Murray starting, but it's a logical one. Again, as I said yesterday and repeat now, I would start Jari. He's been better over a long sample size. Any argument on Murray's behalf that involves numbers involves fragmentation of said numbers or going too far back. Somebody said on Twitter just now, what about matchups? Well, for example, you might want to play Jari's puck handling against Washington's heavy fast four check. But you can only consider that if you play Washington in the first round. Because if you play, I don't know, say, the Islanders in the first round and you go with Murray and you beat the Islanders, you're not going to switch to Jari in the second round against the Caps just because his puck handling uh, helps in that matchup. Uh, To me, it feels like Sullivan's going to start Murray in the playoffs almost no matter what. And I can't fault Mike Sullivan for that. Uh, I will say that rotating the goalies has accomplished one thing that's very important. Sullivan knows he has two uh, legit goalies that can both be trusted, and nobody, nobody thought that about Tristan Jari before this season. Now, it's going to be weird if the playoffs start and the Penguins' top goalie statistically is on the bench. It'll be even weirder if Jari's among the NHL stat leaders, as he has been for much of the season. But Matt Murray's been a playoff winner, so it might work. Now, if whoever starts the playoffs in goal for the Penguins struggles, Sullivan has to know when to use the hook. At worst, he has to get the decision right the second time around. 412 3, 3, 99 39. I hate when people tell me, oh, you got to lighten up. No, I don't have to lighten up. I don't. I could reach the phone line and punch you in the face. Well, I would if I could. I mean, why do I have to lighten up? Who are you to tell me how to feel? But that's America. That's why we suck. That's why we're divided. Each side tells the other side how they have to feel and what they have to think. If I, had my way, you know who I'd elect president? The coronavirus. Then, we'd start to get America pointed in the right direction. Let's go to um, Jason in the car. Jason, you're on with Mark.
1: Hey, Mark. What's going on? What's up? Hey, you know, I gotta disagree with you. I would still take brady over teddy bridgewater without hesitation um i just i wouldn't trust bridgewater to last more than six games before he got hurt again and i think as good as he was last year if you i think he only had one major
0: injury and brady's had one of those two and he's 42 to boot but go ahead but i, I think if you switch new orleans skilled position players with new england's i don't think Bridgewater. Oh, so now we're making excuses well. for tom brady because the roster of defending super bowl champion new england wasn't good enough
1: it, no, it's not an
0: excuse I'm just no, no, it's an think... excuse when you say he didn't have enough to work with and he's with the defending Super Bowl champions, yeah, I know he lost Gronk, but isn't he still Tom Brady, or maybe he's not really Tom Brady now that he doesn't have Gronk but I mean the Patriots were still pretty good last year, yeah, except for that first run loss at home to Tennessee and blowing the game at the end to Miami that cost him the buy. It seems to me like they kind of fell on hard times. Wait in the season, as did the quarterback, and maybe that's what being 42 is all about. Maybe, but I would still take Brady. Well, you're still insane, but thank you for the call. You'd rather have the 42-year-old guy who had a bad season over the 27-year-old guy who had a good season. Okay. Let's take another quickie. John in South Dakota. John, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. I'm just wondering, with all this talk about snacks and Vermont and all that stuff, um, do you think the Pirates have a chance of being the MVP of the Southwest Conference? Well, I'm trying to think of that Cheech and Chong skit. Ah, forget it. The East West Chester North Stars, champions of the Southern Division, against the Bloods from Rapron High School. Basketball, Jones. I got a basketball, Jones. 412 3, 3, 39 We have Nate. And Andy on hold. Uh, What are your thoughts on the Penguins' win last night? They beat a crap team, but they had just played three crap teams. More than that, if you want to go back to Buffalo at home, that's the big problem with that six-game losing streak. Not only lost six straight, they lost six straight to some bad hockey teams. Last night, the bad hockey team, so clearly that provides a better alternative. 105.9. Say 105.9. Double M on the X. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine is the number to call. Got a bunch of calls lined up. Let's go to Ed in Greensburg. Ed, you're on with double M.
1: Hey Big Sexy. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, I'm thinking uh thinking a lot about this 49th pick that's coming up. And uh given the fact that the Steelers have a definite need at that running back position, I'm looking at some guys that are available and I see JK Dobbins. Ohio yeah, we're State
0: not gonna talk about tonight. who they're gonna draft with the 49th pick. Goodbye. It's not going to do that the draft is uh still over a month away and debating who they're going to get with the 49th pick is absurd because then you have to have some legitimate projection on who is going to go in the first 48 picks you might be able to do that with you know they're picking 11th or whatever but not pick at 49th so that's just dumb sports talk I know other guys indulge it I will not because I'm not dumb you know what? I'll debate who they should pick with the 49th choice about two weeks before. Then it kind of makes sense, although I still won't be able to project those first 48 picks. That's why I laugh about guys like Mel Kuiper Jr., who's, I don't know how to say this in a nice way, because I like Mel and I respect him for having made a business out of all that draft projections, but he's a buffoon. I guess that didn't come out very nice. I mean, seriously, I asked Mel this on on the Tony Kornheiser show once. He was co-hosting a mock draft. And here's how I got introduced on Tony Kornheiser. This is way back in the 1250 days. Here's how Tony introduces me. Well, we couldn't get Ed Bouchette of the Post-Gazette, so we're going to have Mark Madden on from ESPN 1250 instead. And I forget what year it was, but I picked Plexico Burris, who the Steelers wound up picking. And so I I jumped in. I said, hey, Mel, because Kuipers on. I go, hey, Mel, how come every year you predict the draft, every year it's totally wrong, and the next day you get a clean slate and get to mangle it again? And they hung up on me. But that's true. Every year he mangles it, and every year they wipe the slate clean, and he gets to mangle it again the next year. By the way, Vermont won that game by 22. You know what would have been great? If allowing that kid to... Uh, the, the kid who was hurt in the car wreck. If allowing him to score the two points, if that would have affected the spread. If that affects the spread, then America turns on that kid. But I don't think it did. Let's go to uh, Ryan and Shale. Or Ryan, you're on with Mark.
1: Hi, Mark. How you doing? Good. So re- regarding that Vermont player, I don't I don't like it either because it's just not honest competition. And I appreciate honest competition. But you know what it really reminded me of? There was a few years ago where there was a, a former Cubs player. His first pitch he saw in the majors, he got hit in the head. And it ruined his career. He had vertigo and all these different issues. But then there was a petition that came out, and he got a second chance. He you got know, one more at-bat from the Marlins or something like that. And R.A. D- Dickey at the, heart of the, the, uh, the height of R.A. Dickey, it's Cy Young there. Which was out not very picks.
0: long, but, yeah, the knuckleballer. Go ahead.
1: Yes, he struck him out in three pitches, but at least it was honest. I mean, it, 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 he got a legitimate shot. It was kind of a clear right, if you story, want to put think... the
0: kid from Vermont out there and he has to drive to the hoop and maybe get blocked, he still gets to yeah, realize his dream of playing Division One, right? And it's not a joke.
1: Exactly. I mean, I mean I'm not honest, sure if he was physically
0: anything. equipped to even do that. I, I rather doubt it, but I just don't like it. Remember, remember when the story, they would they would put the kid in who had some issue and then let him score a touchdown in a high school football game? That was kind of yeah. the, the the flavor of the month for a while. I hated that too. And I keep yeah, getting I'm told what a terrible a person either. I am. I don't have to like it. I think the people who ruin competitive athletics by making them into uh a feel good show, they're the people who, who uh are ruining things. Let's go to uh Andy in the car. Andy, you're on with double M. Hi Mark. Regarding uh
1: Jari's being one of the leaders in the league. I'm wondering if his stats and even Murray's stats are somewhat padded because they're part of a tandem, and therefore they get more rest than a lot of the starting goalies in the league. Would that be the case?
0: No. Okay. Thanks for the call. It just doesn't affect it. I mean, maybe it makes their stats worse because they don't get in the same groove a goalie would get if he starts every game or you know, plays 55 or 60 games. Anytime you start putting disclaimers on stats, you're telling me the stats that were compiled legitimately don't reach the conclusion you want them to. Let's go to Nate on the road. Nate, you're on with Double M. Hey, Big M, how you doing? Good. Um, Hey, do you think that Roethlisberger's uh – 412-333-9939. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine. I could speculate on why your wife's body's broken down, particularly her, the hinge of her jaw. But uh, that wouldn't be a nice thing to do. Remember that that series V, where the aliens, the reptilian aliens, who put on human skin suits to deceive us. Remember that mini series back in the must have been the eighties. And the alien leader could unhinge her jaw to swallow a gerbil hole. And she was pretty hot. And I was like a 20-year-old kid that made me nuts. 412-333-9939. we got a lot of calls. We'll get to them in just a moment. I'm Mark Madden. Through being Mr. Goodbar. That's a great reference. Nobody got it. 105.9. The most music in the morning. <laughs> Nine. Double M on the X, but a bunch of calls. Ordinarily, that would frighten me, but let's get to them. Mark in Arizona. Mark, you're on with Double M.
2: How you doing, Super Genius?
0: Good, man. What's up?
1: Hey, if the Pens play the way they did last night until Simone comes back, could you potentially see him sitting in a press box? Because, honestly, that fourth line last night, it was really good.
0: Yeah, it was really good against Ottawa, and I think that, well, Angelo's hurt apparently, or sent back down. He he disappeared today. I'm not a big fan of Lafferty. I don't know if you noticed this. The Penguins were ahead. It's the third period. Lafferty cuts uh, horizontally just inside the opposition blue line, then tries to make a drop pass to an oncoming teammate in about six inches of space. Fourth liners can't play that way, especially guys with the limited skill set that he has so even though i'm not a big dom simone fan when he's healthy for me he jumps back on that fourth line now if it comes down to zach aston reese or dominic simone on the fourth line i definitely go with zach aston reese uh thank let's you. let's thank you once again my computer i can't get to these calls let's go to josh in the car josh run with double M.
1: hey sir Virginia, how you doing great I got a question. Um,
2: what do you think about the college football teams when it was the flavor of the month would let uh, disabled or someone score in practice squad games? In practice
0: squad games?
2: Yeah, during practice. Oh, I have no problem with that. That's their
0: business. That's not a, a competitive event. I don't remember anybody okay. doing that, but I have no problem with teams, you know. Honoring people in difficult situations within the context of, of of them and no other team and not competitive and nobody else. Let's go to Johnny Utah. Johnny Utah, you're on with double M.
2: Hey, what's up, Mark?
0: What's up, man? Hey hey, real quick. So the Penguins Power Play
1: has struggled and um mainly like because they can't you know, they they can't get set up and they can't gain the zone. The one guy last night that had success getting into
0: getting them set up was Zucker. He could dump in the puck. Well, I think, think that's why he's on the first power play as of practice so, today. So, oh, I didn't know that.
1: So, yeah. anyways, I, I just think that the uh, the drop pass is played, and I know, do too.
0: That that drop pass break that drop pass uh, zone entry correct where they keep dropping the puck to a guy coming yeah. with speed,
1: and the fact that Latang flat out turns around and drops it back, it just slows the whole thing down. They need to, they need to go through the neutral zone with speed and skill.
0: No, and I, think, I think you're onto something the first time, Johnny. They need to find a different way of zone entry because that way's played out. The reason Latang turns around to throw that pass is because he's like the third guy to take that pass, and there's still no opening because people know how to defend it now. Yeah, so, gunga galunga, Mark. Gunga galunga. Lagunga. Let's go to uh, cigar in the car. That'll make the car smell bad. What's up? What up, man? What up, man? What up, man?
1: Hey, I got a solution for the Steelers' first-round draft pick, or the one that they do not have. Right. Uh, this would this would lose you a lot of material for your show.
0: I guarantee you, you think this is funny, and I bet it's not. Go ahead. What you do is you take. Juju's, uh, Juju uh, Smith
1: Kardashian. You trade him to the New England Patriots, who need a receiver for a first round draft pick, and then we can address some real issues. Yeah, nobody's right.
0: going to trade a first round draft pick for Juju Smith Schuster, especially after the season he just had, and especially given his affinity for everything but football. I mean, you think nobody noticed that he sucked last year or that he paid attention to everything but football last year? Well, the thing was, I don't want to defend him
1: because I'm not a big defender of the guy. You but think especially New England would take a guy day. like that? He did have a toe injury at the beginning of the year, and then he had a, then he had some other Yeah, you're right. I it. think they should <laughs> trade
0: him to New England for a couple first-round draft picks. Now, now why is uh, it when you said, I don't want to make excuses for the guy, I knew that within seconds you would be doing exactly that? No, you, you said that he had a an off year, and I totally agree with that. But the reason being is that he was hampered with injuries. Not that you want to make excuses. And he didn't seem way. hampered by injuries at the IUP frat party, or at the wedding he was paid to make an appearance at. He didn't seem to be limping at all. I agree with you. No, no you really don't, because you're making excuses for him, not to make excuses for him. Kid's a punk, and it will be confirmed. It already mostly has been but you guys don't want to see it. Just like you didn't want to see it with A.B. and Le'Veon Bell. Let's go to uh, Ricky and Blonox. Ricky, you're on the Mark Madden show.
1: Hey, Big Sexy. Um, I thought the moment in the Vermont game was nice. It was almost kind of like a cheap plug to um, Headline Sports Center.
2: But um,
0: Well, that, that brings was, up a good question, Ricky. When Vermont and uh, who did they play? Uh, Albany. The they played team. Albany. When Vermont and Albany decided to do that, I wonder if the, if the uh, intent was totally altruistic or if they wanted to get on SportsCenter.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a possibility.
0: But uh, nevertheless, I feel like you're contradicting yourself in that. Not for the first time. Um,
1: um, I feel like you're contradicting yourself in that you let them.
0: You know, I like when, when the scumbags out there on Twitter and the scumbags who call this show say, I'm the bad guy. And then they try to get crap like that on the air. Friggin' scumbags. That was Ricky from Blonox. He calls all the time. Guess what? From now on, he doesn't call at all. Remember the name. Let's go to Rick in the car. Rick, you're on with Double M.
1: Hey, Mark. Thanks for taking my call.
0: Uh, I'm enchanted, Rick.
1: That's your only boy Chuck incident last night in the Islanders game. Do you think the will ever come up
0: with a mandate for full oh that's right uh, boy Chuck took a skate in the eye, didn't he?
1: yeah, ninety stitches I believe I think he now got he didn't now eyes the eye's
0: eye. okay though right
1: Yes, I believe so that's amazing his eyelid. and that was one of the worst t- I've never seen a player run off the ice that fast. that's pretty scary
0: they should every player in the league should wear a full face shield i agree i I think it's time. I said that when Marino got hurt, the skate across the eyelid with Johnny Boychuk should be confirmation, but they're just not going to do that. No, I don't think the players would agree at the end of the day either. Well, I I think safety measures, well, no, I guess they can't be imposed unilaterally in today's, you know, uh, day and age of unions, but uh, let's face it, if the players don't care about themselves, why should the owners? And that goes especially That's, for football. Exactly. Thank you for the call. Yeah, that skate across the eye, I forgot to mention that. Yikes! I I thought they were doing the dusty roads. Spiked him in the eye, and he comes back with the eye patch for True Grit. And that's only funny because boy, Chuck's okay. But wow. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine is the number to call. Um, like I said about that Steeler offense, ain't got no number one running back. Ain't got no number one wide receiver ain't got their number one tight end. How are you going to make an offense out of that? Now, if Connor is going to prove us all wrong because we said he had a bad season when he didn't have a bad season, except he had a bad season and was hurt all the time. I love when these guys act like if they raise their voice and speak with determination and they're popular to begin with, like James Connor, like they can negate the stats. Like they can negate the truth, like they can negate the game's played column when they were hurt for so long. And I still think that the Steelers should keep Matt Filer at right tackle. When you look at their offensive line last year, Ponce didn't have a good year by Ponzi standards. He was still pretty good. Ramon Foster was horrifically bad. Nice guy, horrifically bad. No one will say he was horrifically bad because he's a nice guy. But he was horrifically bad. Alejandro Villanueva, not so hot. David DeCastro pretty good. Not as good as he often is, but pretty good. But Matt Filer, with a relatively limited skill set at right tackle, got the most out of it, got more out of his talent than any other Steelers offensive lineman, including DeCastro. That's not to say he played better than DeCastro, but he played better than you would have figured. I think that's fair to say. And now you're going to move that guy from the spot where he played so well? And put in who, like Chooks or Zach Banner? Zach Banner's another one. He barely plays. He's the big fatso they put in at the third tight end, but yet he's on Twitter 24-7. Don't get stuff like that. Don't want to get stuff like that. Never will get stuff like that. But anyway, I don't know if I'd move Filer. I would get rid of Foster. Should have got rid of him before last year. I don't know if I'd move Filer. Why do they hate B.J. Finney so much? Why would they just, you know, re-sign him, put him at left guard, and that's it, and leave Fowler at right tackle? And Finney, I, I, don't, I don't feel sorry for him because he took the money last year, but he's never going to start here. They see him as the backup at the three interior positions, and you know what? Less wear and tear on the body, less pressure, not less money. Maybe he's smart to, to take that deal and remain a backup, but uh, I can't believe they've never started him. Let's go to Ken and Charleston. Ken, you're on with Double M. Hey, now. Hey, now.
2: Hey, Mark, why wouldn't they try moving Rust up to Crosby's line, dropping uh, Sherry down to the third line and moving uh, Hornquist to Evgeny Malkin's line? I, I just
0: they may yet. curious.
2: They may yet. Sherry had a
0: good game last night. So I don't know if that's the time to talk about that.
2: Yeah, but uh, his hands seemed a little, uh, I guess his touch, I guess, he was missing. I, I saw a few kind of missed opportunities due to him taking a pass kind of hard off his stick. So I, I'm not I sure what your expectations
0: are for Connor Sherry. Then again, I'm not sure uh, what the Penguins are. are either. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I would consider everything you said, and I think Brian Rust will eventually wind up with Sid. But now here's another question. Never mind Sherry haven't had a decent game last night. Why would you want to move Russ back with Sid when Rust just had a hat trick with Gino? And
2: that's that's a good point. Uh having him play with Gino, he does bring the best out of him, but I feel that Crosby would still do really well with Rust because his speed, his hands. Oh I'm not but, but, but are you
0: doing it for Rust or are you doing it for Crosby?
2: And that's the thing. I, what about Gino? I, I would you know I would see how Gino does with, I mean he... He's proven to do something really now, well. Now, why with, do
0: we want to really experiment well. with Gino and Rust when they're doing so well together?
2: I'm, You're just, using just phrases like, well, let's see Ottawa. what
0: happens. With those two, we know what happens. And Sid has Zucker. It's true.
2: But, I mean, even with a, a game You're right. Ottawa, we should do
0: exactly as you suggest. Anything else?
2: No, just, I was just curious. Thank you for the call.
0: Another guy won't take no for an answer. Won't recognize nonsense in his idea. The guy wanted to separate Rust and Malkin after Geno just had four points, including assists on three Rust goals. Yeah, let's break up that line for Thursday at Buffalo. Totally logical. You know where that comes from? And I'm a big Sid guy. That comes from people wanting Sid to just have the best guys, period. And super serving Sid. And that's how the team often thinks. So how can I blame the fans for for for, uh, thinking otherwise? 412-333-9939 is the number to call. This is the Mark Madden show. Um, your thoughts on last night's Penguin game, your thoughts on the return of Dumoulin and Marino. What kind of difference did they make? They certainly made a difference right off the bat. Marino scores and Dumoulin gets a helper. 2 0, game over. Well, I'm not over. Admit it. When Ottawa scored to make it 5 3 in the third, you're thinking, oh no. Just when we thought it couldn't get worse. 1059 X. Nine. Yo, uh, some guy called want to deliver a pizza. <clears throat> we don't need stuff delivered during the show. I mean, I appreciate it, but that was going crazy for a while where people would just, you know, send stuff and expect, you know, mention on the air, and we just I've tried to get away from that. If you if you want to send me something, email me first, supergenes at WXDX and then I'll tell you yay or nay, but uh everybody tries to get like a free ad by you know delivering something and it just it just gets old. so you know appreciation if you're the guy who just tried to do it but uh just don't need it 412-333-9939 let's go to Matthew in Fox Chapel Matthew you're on with double m
1: hey double m um, i i say good day
0: i said good day um I, I, You know, I totally
1: agree with you as far as Jari, you know, deserving number one. But I'd like to talk about Murray's play this year. Um, I mean, it seems a lot different. Um, it seems like he's playing a lot back in the crease. You know, I was watching. If Matt Murray has one legitimate weather.
0: weakness, he has been setting up too deep in the blue paint sometimes. Not always. And not as bad lately, but sometimes. Like, the third goal last night, that wrist shot, no screen, should have had it. I thought he was a step too deep on that one, but go ahead. Yeah,
1: I mean, it, it almost seems like he's trying to play like Lundquist, but he he doesn't have the reflexes that he
0: does. You know, I mean, well, Lundquist I doesn't have the reflexes about, like Lundquist used to either.
1: Well, yeah, I totally agree, and that's why he's the third string right now. But, um, you know, the other game I was watching, and it, Murray, like, rarely even left the blue crease to challenge. It, it's like he's a huge goalie, but he plays small.
0: Yeah, I agree. And sometimes his crotch makes himself small too. Definitely, you
1: know. I mean, in in the past, like his, you know, I mean, we we all agree his glove isn't the best in the world. Um, but um, you know, just, just watching him play, like he he never challenges. Do you think that's something that the that the goalie coaches have have recommended to him?
0: No, I think they've told him to try to stand inside the net. Of course they've told him that. I mean, you you know what you're doing? You're doing what bad callers do, bro. You're making the same point over and over again. Would you like to make it a third time? Okay. Uh, Actually, it'll be like the fourth time. Thank you for the call. So you see what he does is he's too deep in the net. He's too deep in the blue paint. Well, yeah, I think you're right. The problem is he's too deep in the net. He's too deep in the blue paint. Okay, you said that. Right, because he's too deep in the net. He's too deep in the blue paint. I got to open up a school for callers where I could teach you how to do this. Oy. Let's go to Jim in the car. Jim, you're on with Double M.
2: Hey, Mark.
1: Good day.
0: I said good day.
1: Yeah, I watched the game last night on TV, and I was pretty excited that Sid got his 800 assist.
0: Yeah, it was great, but it, but it, was, it didn't like resonate it- because it's not seen as a big-time milestone number for a player like Sidney Crosby. Honestly, to me, it just seemed like a like a stepping stone on the way to a thousand. Yeah, but
1: I mean, they played it like it was a non-event. They no, they didn't. They, like announced they announced
0: it. it. They announced it.
1: Oh, I didn't hear it on the TV. I heard the announcers announce it, but I didn't see if they announced it. I'm, sure, the I'm uh, sure. I'm sure. I'm
0: sure they didn't forget to mention it on the TV.
1: Right, they did not forget to mention it on the TV, but. I didn't hear it on
0: at the arena coming through the TV. Really? Because, just... wait, n- n- goodbye. Another confusing call. They definitely, not, I don't know what they said on TV about Sidney's 800th career assist. They did acknowledge it at the arena, and they put his picture on the Jumbotron, and he seemed as nonplussed as anybody else because 800 is just a stepping stone on the way to number 1,000 when you're a player of the ability of Sidney Crosby. 412 is the number to call. Or maybe don't call. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you anymore. The show just makes me so sad sometimes. Especially when, between every break, I have to tape ads. It just... I, I used to edit at 1250 all the time. At 1250, they would run in ads for me to do. During commercial breaks. So I said their their philosophy was, <clears throat> okay, Mark, talk, 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 talk. You thought this was a break? You're wrong. Talk some more. But I do get paid for that. A lot more here than there, so I suppose I can live with it. And the sponsors can send over free food anytime they want because they pay for their advertising. I could really go for some, no, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I want to talk more about the Vermont thing. Vermont played Albany last night in men's basketball. And a kid for Vermont who had been a big-time recruit but was involved in an auto accident and, and, and is functional now but isn't able to play Division I college basketball, Albany agreed to let him start for Vermont and let him score the first basket. Now Vermont won by 22, it didn't affect the spread, it obviously didn't affect the result. But what do you guys think, and we've had this discussion many times on the program, of the legitimate competitive nature of sporting events being compromised to create a feel-good moment? And it also warrants the sub-question, who was the feel-good moment for? The kid who got to score the basket? Or the night before that big fatso for for, uh, Jackson State, Snacks? the student manager who got to shoot a three-pointer, is it a feel-good moment for them, or is it a feel-good moment for the program because they get on ESPN? What exactly is the motivation behind those feel-good moments? Because for sure, if you do that, you get on ESPN. And do we think for one moment that Jackson State didn't let ESPN know about it, and then Vermont didn't let ESPN know about it? Do we believe that for one second because if you do – I've got a couple bridges in Pittsburgh I'd like to sell you. And again, maybe I'm this horrible guy because I don't like stuff like that, but I don't like stuff like that. And why do I have to like stuff like that? Why does it make me a bad person to not like stuff like that? I keep getting told I am Twitter as usual, just a toxic wasteland. I like when people like uh, make, like, I, I have a few thing that, a few tweets this past week because. uh The other day was my mother's birthday, the first. She would have been 85 years old. I get tweets saying, you're a terrible person. Your mother's not proud of you. You'll see her in hell someday. Okay, now, if I'm a terrible person, what does that make the person who tweets that at me? Anyway, I'm not a fan of feel-good moments. None I'm a fan of when it comes to sports. Winning and losing. And sometimes there is a bigger picture than winning and losing, but I can't think of any picture big enough to compromise the legitimate competitive nature of a sporting event. I just can't. Uh, we'll get to Dave in the car in just a second. Just around the corner, it's lying, which is the one thing they do do well, and consistently. 105.9 The X. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe.